Welcome to the Front Porch Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in. And today we're joined by Susan Relay. Susan, how are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. Susan is joining us today to share her testimony. Susan, just start out telling us about where you're from and about how you grew up. All right. Thank you for having me here, and I'm I'm looking forward to giving my testimony because I think that, you know, everybody's different. God put us here for a reason, and our reason is to witness to people and to use our life's experiences to reach other people um, that might be going through the same thing that I did go through. I grew up in San Diego, California. I was the youngest in the family of five children. And as far as having a religious background, very early in my childhood, my mom would take myself and my sister to church. And then when we were about eight or nine years old, my sister and I went to church by ourselves. On Saturdays, we would go to catechism class, and um, I made my first Holy Communion, and um, I was baptized as an infant. Um, So really, I knew who Jesus was. I knew why we had Christmas and Easter, and, and I can remember as a small child being very excited about a revival that we were having at church, and I wanted to go so, so badly, and I, I asked my mom about it, and she said, oh, well, you can um, just have just too much religion in your life. Um, we're not going. And I was very disappointed because at that time I really felt a connection and an excitement about God. I can remember really early on um, crying um, at night because, I don't know, I just, my parents drank, and I guess I don't know if I felt abandoned or, or what, but I would end up crying and crying and I couldn't quit. Uh, and because I was introduced to God early, and I was introduced to um, church, I would pray. I knew that I could pray. And so I would pray, and I would fall asleep. Mm. So it was almost a miracle or amazing to me as a child to know that I could have that comfort. And I didn't fully understand everything, um, but I knew that I could could call on God. Mm. Um, And as time went by, I stopped going to church uh, in high school. Um, we were no longer required to go, and as teenagers, you kind of, you kind of, you know, like do your own thing. And uh, church wasn't cool anymore, so and you're being led by your peers. And so I didn't didn't go to church. Soon after high school, I was um, married to a military man. Ten years my senior, I was 18, he was 28, and um, he was very interested in the cult. At the time, there were a lot of cults in the 70s, mm-hmm. and um, he was very interested in this cult. He was very fascinated by the fact that this fellow that was the cult leader could, um, he claimed to be clairvoyant. He claimed to be able to look at you and tell you know everything about you. And um, as an 18-year-old um, being told this by my husband, I was very disturbed because I knew this was not of God, <laughs> that it was it was just not, it scared me, and I knew it was wrong. I knew that we didn't put our trust and faith in uh, a man, that we put our trust and faith in God, and um, it scared me from the standpoint that um, it, it was so unnatural. Like, I, I just, 
couldn't wrap my brain around it, but I knew in my heart it was evil, mm. you know. Um, so we just didn't go to church. Um, he didn't like the religion background I came from. He was searching, but he was going to the wrong areas. He was searching in the wrong places. And so for about nine years, we didn't go to church. And then my um, my dad died. Um, as I said earlier, he was he was alcoholic, and so was my mother. And um, we were in Boston. I was very young. I was about 20, and my dad died. And um, I, it was like, to me, it was like a panic, a big panic, the end of the world, you know. I, I had to get home really quick, you know, and I don't know why. I mean, he, he was dead, but I was just really panicked and disturbed. And as I said, I wasn't going to church. I wasn't reading the Bible. I had the limited knowledge that I had when I was a child mm-hmm. of who God was. So I, when I heard that he died, I ran down to the Catholic Church. I ran down the landing to the Catholic Church and beat on the door. And nobody was there. And I was pretty much alone. My husband was in the military, so he was gone a lot. So I was alone a lot. Mm. There was no one there. No family, no friends, because every three years you move. So Mm -hmm. it's really hard to establish um, a communication or connection, and especially when you're not going to church. So I got out my King James Version of the Bible, and I read that cover to cover. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand half of what I read, but I was determined that this was where I was going to find the answers. Mm. And so I pulled that out, and I started reading it, and I was in a major depression. Um, I was lonely. I was away from my mom. My dad had died. My husband's gone a lot. I was very depressed, and I remember we got transferred from Boston back to San Diego, and I told my husband, we got to go to church. Mm. He goes, well, I'm not going to go to the church that you want to go to. We'll go to, I think we went to a, a non-denominational mm. Christian church. And so um, that was fine with me as long as we were going to church. And I knew it was a Bible teaching church. My husband actually got saved in that church. Wow. He was a singer and... Um, they had a, a guest singer come to the church, and he gave his testimony, and he got saved. I figured I was already saved because I was baptized as an infant, mm-hmm. and um, I believed in Jesus. Mm-hmm. I believed in the Bible, although I did not have a relationship. I was still living in guilt and shame for past sins, and I um, did not have, I didn't know what it meant to have a relationship I just kept reading the Bible and reading the Bible and going to church and reading the Bible. And finally, sometime later, we moved to Georgia. And um, we decided we were going to go and visit my son up in uh, Virginia. And um, on our way home, um, my husband had a stroke as we were driving down 95, going 80 miles an hour with the cruise control on. And we crashed into a tree. Mm. And... um, God provided a van full of pastors that were going to a conference in Florida to come and get me out of the van, tried to get my husband out, and they couldn't. They got me out on the ground um, 3.30 in the afternoon on a Wednesday on the 16th of December, and um, they got me out on the ground, and the car exploded. Mm. I had 16 broken bones, 
collapsed lungs, bruised heart, and wasn't expected to live. I was a life flight at EMUSC, and um, I pulled through by the grace of God. And uh, as I was lying there on the ground in the media of the freeway, I was looking up at the sky and the clouds, and, and I had a peace that was just flowed over me. I was not panicky or afraid. I um, prayed at that point, you know, asking God to forgive me of my sins, and, and um, I was ready to go, and I just, I was enveloped with a peace. At that point, I discovered, or I realized, something that God was trying to tell me for a very long time, that I was not alone. Mm-hmm. I was not unloved because I was abandoned by alcoholic parents. You know, as a child, you do feel that way when your parents drink. I was not unloved. I was not alone. And, um, you know, at the point, I've never turned back. You know, my walk with God and and Jesus is very close. I try to talk to him daily. I um, call out to him. I cry out to him when I'm tempted. I, I, you know, I cry out to him because I can't. I can't do life on my own. Mm-hmm. I can't. Um, I can't be good on my own. I can't do everything that's required of me on my own. I, I'm a sinner that's saved by grace, and um, I need my heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit to help me to put one foot in front of the other and just to be obedient to Him and serve Him. And um, I found great comfort in um, going to church and being in a life group and being in a community that loves me and that um, we are, we all speak in the same language. Mm-hmm. You know, at the, in the Tower of Babel, um, God confused all the languages. And um, so that we would cry out to him, we, would, we wouldn't uh, feel like we could do everything on our own. We could cry out to him, and I just feel that being in a church, we are all speaking the same language, that of the Father, you know, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and um, we're all striving for the, the same goal. I mean, we can't work our way to heaven, but we can fight the good fight, and um, we can profess our faith to those that are lost. So um, thank you for sharing. Um, there's a lot of tragedy um, but it, it's caused you to be a perseverant woman. And that's not the, uh, there's been more challenges um, that you've had. So you have, you know, you said earlier that you knew about God, uh, you knew about Jesus, but you didn't have a relationship. And after that accident, and I've been blessed to be able to walk with you for a few years now, and um, some of the most Um, meaningful things that you have shared with me just in how realizing that God wants to have that relationship with you, Mm -hmm. that he's there, and he does not abandon us. Um, He does not leave us alone, but he is closer to us than our circumstances, which takes me back to that day in the median um, when that peace enveloped you. Um, he was closer to you that day and has been, whether we realize it or not, but you have come to that realization in your relationship with him that he is, 
he is close and that he desires to walk with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk a little, anything else that you would want to share with us about what you've learned and him walking with you? I just, I just want to emphasize that um, God created us all individuals. He, he sent his son to die for our sins. Mm-hmm. He, and if you were the only one, only person on the face of the earth, he would have sent his son to die for your sins because he loves you. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to emphasize his love mm-hmm. for you and his grace and his mercy. Um, he is a loving God. And um, he cares deeply for you mm-hmm. as an individual. I don't care what you've done, where you've, what background you've come from. There is salvation mm-hmm. in the name of Jesus, and it's a free gift that you accept. There's nothing you have to do for it, but you just accept this free gift, and you accept the forgiveness. You can't do anything to pay for your sins because mm-hmm. Jesus did it all. Amen. Right. And, and so just accept that and then meditate on that great love and the freedom in forgiveness. Mm. Um, and then, you know, for me, it's like a daily, daily battle. I mean, you daily battle, but Jesus is on my side, mm. and the battle is won. Mm. Um, and, you know, read the Bible, pray, talk to him throughout the day, and practice his presence mm. because he loves you and he will fill your empty love cup up. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Well, Susan, hearing you talk, um, just share. You've talked about how God's been faithful and how he's on your side. And even though there's a daily battle, the battle's been won. Um, just talk about some of the ways he has proven himself faithful or trustworthy in your life, even through the hard times, how he is just helped get you through and continues to help you daily in those? Well, I mean, I can go back to after the accident. And um, I I was asking my friend who's a Christian, um, where was God? Where was he when this happened? And she goes, well, he was right there in the cab of the car with you. And she said, she encouraged me, and she said, keep looking up. Keep looking up. Don't look back. Don't look, you know, be downcast. Look up. And she emphasized his sovereignty and the fact that, you know, we don't have to understand why things happen in our lives. We don't We don't have to, but we can always trust in God's love. Mm-hmm. And I knew my husband loved God and Jesus, and he's in heaven. And that was fine. That was that was good enough for me. And if I trust in God's love throughout the day, no matter what happens, whether it's you get breast cancer or um, your pet dies or whatever, you're trusting in his love and what he's done for you. Um, you know, this earth is not our final destination. Right. You know, we have heaven to look forward to, and we're going to see our loved ones and... You know, she emphasized, too, that, you know, um, being here on the earth is just a um, testing ground. It's a learning, um, it's it's a place where we can learn how to fall in love with Jesus. Right. And, Susan, as you were talking about um, 
what your friend shared with you when you asked her where Jesus was during the accident that you and your husband had, it makes me think about something Pastor Adrian shared in a recent message, um, and I'm just going to paraphrase this quote. It was a Beth Moore quote that he shared where, you know, most of us are wanting God to get us through our storm, but he wants to meet us in the midst of our storm and let us know that he's there for us and that he'll help us get through it. Exactly. That's how I felt. I felt he was holding me up. I could not have gone through what I went through without him loving me and holding me up and directing me with his word on how much he cared for me. And, you know, he doesn't cause bad things to happen, but he can use those things to mature us and to uh, point us towards him and his love. Mm -hmm. You know, on everyday um, circumstances, I mean, sometimes things happen that seem so little and insignificant, but they can throw us into a depression. Mm-hmm. And um, just keep looking up to him and keep asking him, you know, seeking him in his word and asking him to to comfort us. Right. You know, um, in the same sermon that Grayson's talking about, talking about that the anatomy of a storm, um, which is a great message, and I would encourage anyone listening to go to a beaconofhope.org and look that um, sermon up. Uh, it was a powerful sermon. It reminded me of, as uh, he talked about, you know, Jesus is asleep taking a nap in the boat, and the disciples are really wondering if he cares in those moments. And Rembrandt actually painted a painting of that scene of the storm. And in the storm, all the disciples are in the boat. Plus one, because we believe Rembrandt, you know, usually put himself in the boat too. There were some of the disciples, you know, he has them looking, trying to fix a sail of the boat, and, you know, some are sick. They're all doing something. They're all focused somewhere, but there's one focused on Jesus. And the peace that Rembrandt was able to capture in the face of that one disciple looking at Jesus. It really matters where our focus is. Yes, yes, I believe that. Um, I think focus is everything. Um, And a lot of times, you know, there are are cycles of grief. Um, People get stuck in um, disbelief or anger or whatever. Um, But when we keep, you know, with depression, when you keep going over that, why, 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 or you keep, you know, going over a bad situation that's happened in your mind, and you just keep rehearsing it and going over it, you are throwing yourself deeper and deeper into despair and depression, and God says to um, guard your heart, guard your heart and your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to have the responsibility to think about what we're thinking about. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to... um, Examine the thoughts. Is that from God or is that from Satan? Is Jesus telling me this or is Satan telling me this? And um, it's a tremendous responsibility, but that's, you know, God tells us to do that so that we will have our focus on him and the hope that he can give us and not what Satan would have us to be depressed about. Mm -hmm. The despair of everyday life sometimes, you know. 
the hope of, because of we, eternity. Yeah. Right. Uh, we can't see the outcome. Right. And that's where faith comes in, right? And continuing to put our trust in the Lord no matter what it looks like, knowing that um, he is our firm foundation. We don't have to question that. And as we grow in our faith, that becomes stronger and stronger. And that's something I was thinking about. You had a foundation, like you grew up with enough of a foundation that you didn't allow yourself to be swayed into a cult. And maybe the move might have helped you out. But just thinking about uh, you having the faith in that moment that day by the side of the road. In uh, Isaiah 55, I believe 12, it says that God's word won't return void. And in that day, you had that foundation to Mm -hmm. cry out to God. What a gift. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What a gift. Um, Because I believe that was in many, many ways was a life-changing day for you on many levels. Yes. Um, But he was with you Mm. on that day Mm -hmm. and has been faithful. You've been through some things that you just barely mentioned, but you mentioned, and even, you know, in some of the illness that you've had, and um, I've watched you grow and uh, in your relationship with God and with others. And, And, you know, we will continue that until the day we die until we're made like Christ mm-hmm. um, and it is a journey that we take one day at a time his mercies are new every morning praise God mm-hmm. praise um, God yeah and uh, Susan one more thought I want to before we continue that I want to make uh, when we were referring to recent uh, message of Pastor Adrian's anatomy of a storm and that's actually was preached on November 1st. So if you go back to beaconofhope.org and click on watch or listen, mm-hmm. you can find it there. But he told, Pastor Adrian told a story about his youngest daughter, Glory, waking up early in the morning when it was still dark outside and them going down the steps and her saying she couldn't see and uh, him saying, well, I can see. Uh, take my hand and how the Lord spoke to him saying that's how it is, you know, with us. You know, that we can't see, but the Lord can see, and he tells us to take his hand and that he will lead and direct us. So as you guys were talking, I thought about that point as well, about how, you know, we can trust him because even though we can't see, he has our best interest in mind and he loves us. Mm -hmm. What else um, would you like to share with us about your testimony, Susan, uh, that you haven't mentioned already? Well, you know... Like you mentioned, um, life is a storm, <laughs> and um, I'm I'm mentoring a, a young girl that had breast cancer, and um, she now has brain cancer, mm-hmm. and um, I am trying to impart to her the love and peace that she can have mm-hmm. um, with accepting Jesus as her Savior, and. Um, I think that for all of us, um, no matter what has happened in our lives, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We can wake up in the morning and it's a beautiful day and the birds are singing and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what, you know, diagnosis you might get from a doctor or you don't know what might happen when you step into that vehicle. 
So I think that there's an urgency. I think that, you know, Jesus loves us and he wants us all to be saved. Mm-hmm. And he, while we were still sinners, he died for us. Mm-hmm. And there is an urgency um, for us to get serious about our spiritual life and our spiritual walk. Because, you know, if I had the cure for cancer, I'd give it to you. Right. And so I think as Christians, we have the responsibility to witness with our testimonies so that others will have the joy of their salvation. Mm-hmm. Right. Susan, if there's anything with all the hard things that you've gone through in your life, if there's anything that you could thank God for, what would it be? I would thank God for Jesus and for him loving us so much that he sent him to die for our sins. But he was fully human, but he was fully God. And um, I would thank him for that, and I would thank him for forgiving me of all of my sins and for the realization that I can't do anything to pay for them. I can't Walking around with guilt and shame is not going to pay for my sins. Mm-hmm. But... Jesus did it all on the cross. He died for my sins and the guilt and the shame, and I can have joy, the joy of my salvation because of what Jesus did. And I can be thankful to him for forgiving me. Um, As we're coming into the Thanksgiving season, I really have a lot to be thankful for, and mainly for Jesus and for God's love and for forgiveness of sin. And that someday I'm going to be in heaven with him, but I can today have a relationship with him. And I also thank him for pursuing me. Mm -hmm. He pursues us. He's after us every day to turn to him. And uh, I just, I'm so grateful for him for pursuing me. And the pursuing, yes, for salvation, but there's more, you know, there's so much more. That's the beginning of the relationship and the beginning of our slate being wiped clean. But then he continues to walk with us and empowers us to live a life uh, worthy um, of his calling. And Romans 12, I've just been thinking about this scripture as you've been talking. And this is Romans 12, uh, 1 and 2 in the Passion Translation, says, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Mm -hmm. That's what I hear you saying. Mm -hmm. Amen. Um, That just kind of, to me, encapsulates your story. Mm -hmm. Living a life of gratitude, knowing that there's a work that will continue as we rise every morning, so does God's mercies. Right. And, Amen. Um, and he continues um, to work on us. And things sometimes come into our life that 
it may throw us off for a moment, but it helps us to refocus and get our eyes on the Lord. And I'm just grateful for your um, sharing with us today. You have been through a lot over the years, and thank you for sharing that with us because there are people listening today that I'm sure have had one or more of the things that you've endured, and they can certainly um, be encouraged by your testimony. Amen, and that's what it's all about. That's why we're here. Amen. Um, to increase the kingdom. Right. That's right. Well, Susan, thank you for joining Pastor Margaret and I today on Front Porch Talks and being willing to share your testimony with us. Well, thank you for inviting me. I feel honored that you um, you asked me, and I feel honored that I can be used by God that way. Yeah. And know that uh, your testimony has encouraged somebody. Uh, that is listening today, I'm sure, and multiple people. Uh, thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I pray that Susan Relay's testimony has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Front Porch Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.